On this episode of Infinity Sports, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the world champions, and Sully could not be more excited. We'll get into that. Lots of cool stuff about this game, obviously, including maybe a little race card thrown around, which we all know how much I like that kind of stuff, um, right after the intro. Infinity Sports. I'm your host Wayne G, and I am joined, as always, by Sully. What's up, Sully? Well, it's it's Super Bowl champion Sully. Now, oh, I mean, I, I need, I'm going to need that in, in front of my name here for the for this episode at least. Super Bowl champ, Sully. You, know you did it, man. You did it. I did it. We did it, guys. We got it. <laughs> uh, Before we get into the game breakdown, obviously, please like and subscribe at the bottom of the screen. We definitely need the subscribes, the likes. It lets us know we're doing a good job. It actually helps this channel grow, and it helps you get the first content when it gets onto the uh, onto the channel. So and it's definitely easy. super easy. Just click. It's super easy. You just click it. You just like it. It takes two seconds. We'd love you for it. I promise you. And it's not like you're going to get all kinds of updates when you don't want them. You just when you go to search for a channel, you just look at your subscriptions. Oh, there's Infinity Sports right there. Perfect. Exactly. It's easy. It's 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 easy. On top of that, if you prefer to listen to the show rather than watch the show, I know some of our fans do, then please check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or Amazon Music. You can download, you can stream. I always prefer to download in case I go through a dead spot, like when I'm driving. That way it doesn't break up when I'm listening to it. But you can do whatever you want when you listen to the show. Those are the areas where you can find us, and we are on social media. You can reach out to us, talk to us. We talk back. We're interactive. We're not going to snub you. We're not better than you. You know, so just hit us up on. It, but he's not. Right. <laughs> hit us up on uh, Facebook at Infinity Sports Podcast, on Instagram at Infinity Sports Podcast, and on Twitter at Sports Infinity Five. So, thirty-one to nine, the Bucks absolutely steamrolled the Chiefs. I mean, crazy. Who would have ever thunk it? I mean, Joey, I was pretty close. I thought the Bucks were going to score thirty-four. Um, I, I I knew we'd put up points against this defense, but no way did I think we'd hold the Chiefs to no touchdowns. We didn't. We, Patty Mahomes to no touchdowns. Let's go. Yeah, it was. And I've seen some reports out there. Tom Brady was the Super Bowl MVP, but I did see reports that really Todd Bowles was the MVP or the defense was the MVP because they just would not let the receivers get open. They would not let Mahomes have any time. He was constantly scrambling. I think I saw a statistic that he ran for 500 yards last night. 498 yards. Yeah. He scrambled for before he was sacked or threw a ball. He ran 498 yards. That's insane to think about. I mean, Todd Bowles is a genius. He, If you know anything about Todd Bowles, you know he blitzes probably more than any defensive coordinator in the, in the league. Um, I don't think he blitzed one time like he, he may have blitzed five times the whole game i do remember a couple corner blitzes i take it back uh but he, for the amount that he does blitz he didn't blitz at all he let 
Uh, and, he, and a lot of times he went with a three-man rush and then just brought a linebacker on a stunt and just four guys or three guys and let our guys cover. Uh, the amount of times that Tyree Kill saw one-on-one coverage in the game. Oh, nice. Not a single time did we let him have single one-on-one coverage. And, and, and I mean, if you look at his stats, you think, oh, he had a decent game. If you watch the game, you know Tyree Kill was shut down. Uh, I think he finished with like nine for over a hundred or something like that. Yeah, seven for uh, seventy-three. Seven for seventy-three. Uh, he had four for forty in the fourth quarter. So I mean, he had probably three for thirty yards throughout the whole game. Uh, it was just a brilliant performance. I agree with Todd Bowles possibly getting an MVP, but I mean, you know, that's never going to happen. No, you never give it to a coach. But what do you think about Tom Brady? I know again, we can't mention it enough how excited you were when he signed in Tampa. He ends up with three touchdowns, no interceptions. He just does a Tom Brady Super Bowl type game. I mean, the whole game, I mean, if you could have written a game plan for the Buccaneers team, I mean, this is exactly what you would have done. You You would have said screens. You would have said run the football. You would have said short passes and then eventually take your shots. And, and I mean, that's how we went down the field. The run game was obviously incredible uh i, I mean we I, I, I don't remember our total yardage through the game but i think both backs had over 70 um I, we just we we played extremely well tom brady was extremely efficient i think it was the first time ever a quarterback's uh gone 80 percent uh in the first half of a super bowl uh completion percentage uh, i believe they mentioned that at halftime which was insane for me to to, to hear uh, he just i mean tom brady's a god the discussion's over if it wasn't already over. If you even mention another person's name in this, you're laughed at. There's just there's nothing else you can do. Well, I wanted to touch on that for a second because there were some people that I've seen saying things to the effect of, you know, let's not bring up Patrick Mahomes in the GOAT conversation anymore. And, like, he's his third year as a starter. Like, he's made it to two Super Bowls. I think it's okay. I mean, I wouldn't put him as the GOAT or even in the conversation right now. But I think it's okay to speculate that this guy could be the best when all is said and done. I mean, he's got an MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, and a Super Bowl, and he's been in the league for three years. I mean, when it's all said and done, if anybody's got a shot, it's Patrick Mahomes. Now, I mean, let's be real, and let's talk about the Chiefs for a second. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't play on that football team, that's an 8-8 eight eight ball club. I, I mean, if we're being honest, like outside of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyree Kill, that's a below-average football team. I, I, I take. Let me add Tyron Matthew into that because he's an absolute stud. You, you take the four of them off that football. I mean, like, and I understand, but like, that three guys can't make your ball club. Um, and their offensive line was atrocious, and it showed. Shaq Barrett and JPP dominated. And Demacong suit dominated. Like Vitavea was throwing people around in the run game. I mean, it, it showed that he needs more help, and it's—I I don't know how he's going to get it. They got to draft extremely well. Well, watching the game too, we saw four quarterback hits from Shaq Barrett. I mean, that's a guy who, even in the NFC Championship game, he had a huge impact. We have two or three sacks in the NFC Championship game. So, I mean, he gets after the quarterback. And Dominican Sue to me is really the unsung hero of that defensive line because he can still play. I think people forgot about him, but like he's still a monster in the middle. He's extremely, uh, extremely effective at exactly what he does, which is the guy's a, a beautiful five tech. Uh, he's he's just built for the position nowadays. Um, you run in these hybrid three man, four man lines. He's so 
versatile. I mean, he, he's, he's just built exactly for what you want to do. And he's, he's a monster against the run. And if he needs to collapse a packet, a pocket, he can, I mean, he's never going to be Aaron Donald as a pass rusher or, or get you anything like that. But for his role, I, I mean, I think he's extremely underrated. And then sitting next to Vitavea, who's literally a, a brick immovable wall. You like that guy's a monster. I mean, pair him with Shaq and JPP and, and I'm it's no surprise to me. I'm curious. So you mentioned before Tom Brady went to Tampa, you were not the biggest Tom Brady fan. Like most people, I'm sure you hate the Patriots because that's just the way most of the nation is if you're not outside of New England. My question is for you, I do see a lot of people who, despite Brady getting his seventh championship, and he's still got more in the tank, he's coming back next year, and he's probably going to be a favored person to get there again next year. What is your take when people bring up cheating? And they say, well, this guy's cheated, you know, he so he's not the greatest because he's cheated all these times. I mean, what was your take before he got there? Has it changed at all? Um, it's kind of the same thing, like, with, with steroids to me. Um, like, you know, unless it's, like, like something that, that is a blatant, like, advantage towards the game, which I don't even, like, unless you're, you have a, a one, a, like, their playbook somehow, or, like, something like, like, like the whole um, Spygate, I mean that every every team in the league is doing that. Like you know what I mean. Like that was really nothing. Deflategate. You know that could have been something. We'll never know. I don't like the whole evidence destruction. To me, when you're destroying evidence, it's because you don't want them to find something. So, but again, it was all speculation at that point because there was no evidence. So, but so I'll let uh, you know bygones be bygones to a sense where nothing was ever proved. So I can't actually be mad at them. but, you know, I don't take it th- – personally don't take away any of his greatness because of quote-unquote cheating because, again, I don't think really what he did was – like what he did has no comparison to what the Astros did in my opinion. Right. Well, and when it comes to Spygate, I always try to educate people that in Spygate that even to this day – Todd Bowles or whoever, they're allowed to videotape the other team and their signals. They're allowed to do that. They just have to do it from the designated filming spot. And the problem with the Patriots is like, well, we don't like it over here, so we're going to videotape from this spot. And that's why they got busted because they weren't videotaping from the designated videotaping spot. Exactly. And so it's not that big a deal. Like Everyone always makes it like, oh, they're videotaping the other signs. That's what everybody Everybody does. does. They just weren't doing it from the tower over there. That's why they do 14 signs is because they have to change their code and signs all the time because everybody's videotaping it. And then the other thing with Deflategate, the reason I don't think that's that big a deal, two things. One of the things, circumstantially, is that, yes, the guy took the ba- the balls, he went into the bathroom, he was in there for 90 seconds. Now, that's not a lot of time to deflate a bunch of footballs. Maybe you get two or three in there, four footballs in 90 seconds. But I honestly believe he went in there to use the bathroom, washed his hands, and came out. That's what I honestly think happened. And I know that it is reported that Tom Brady has mentioned that he likes a softer football. But Aaron Rodgers came out and said he likes an overinflated football, like over the limit. So it's every quarterback likes it differently. And really, when you look at Deflategate, the game where everything broke out against the Colts, the second half of the game when they had supposedly legal footballs, all they did was outscore the Colts 28 to nothing. Like how big of an impact the deflated footballs really have other than maybe giving you a little bit better grip in the rain. Well, yeah, and again, for more with me with with the flake gate, it's the destroyed evidence, which I don't like. Like, you know, like like purposely destroying a cell phone and things like that. I'm I'm never going to be a fan of. Um, but uh 
again, I don't know how much of a huge deal it would have played in. The funny part is Dequel Jackson, the guy who actually made an interception and did all the deflate I went to high school with. Um, so that was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't put a ton of stock into it, and I don't think it should have any weight in the greatness argument, truthfully. I, I mean, getting getting caught in circumstantial situations, it doesn't take away the fact that he's been to 50% of the Super Bowls since he's been in the league, in my opinion. Well, I'm curious what you think. When you say destroying evidence, I know that Tom Brady destroyed his cell phone. But my understanding is that the investigators said, you know, we want to see your text chain or whatever it is to the ball boys and all that stuff. And he provided them with all the information that they requested. He said, here's all my – he said, plus you have their text. So you have their text. You can see my reply to them on their text. And plus here's my text as well to confirm everything that's on their phone. But my phone has sensitive information on there that isn't related to this investigation. And I know how the NFL likes to leak things just if they can make me look bad. So I will give you anything that you ask me for, but I'm not going to give you my phone so that you can take things that are not part of this investigation and publicize them. Yeah, that essentially sounds like, hey, I have stuff on my phone that relates to this investigation that I don't want you to have. In, in, to me, that's what I hear. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what could you ask for that he... That would be on the phone that you don't know about. Who knows? Right. I mean, that's like like my whole issue is is anytime you're willingly destroying evidence, you have something to hide. I guess, but couldn't something to hide be naked pictures of his wife or something on the phone? Yeah, but that, that those are easily deleted and things like that. Or, so are text restraint. So are text messages. But the only way not. to they are the only way to pull up text messages can still be found in like code and things like that so um and i'm sure pictures could too if we're being honest but i mean uh i don't know i i i am not a big fan of destroying evidence that's why i think destroying evidence is an admission of guilt in my opinion i think it depends i mean if you're accusing somebody of murder and they're destroying their toaster i don't really see how that's you know if their toaster was the weapon they used to beat them to death with and they the, destroy it, then that's... The toaster it. was in the room. That's all we know. The person was killed in the kitchen and... Nah, you that's it. not at all. The The device was used in the crime. So so you have to, to pick it... In your hypothetical situation, you have to pick a device that may have been used in said crime. So if he's he's got a car. Okay. All right? Okay. You don't know what happened in the car. He could have killed her in the car. There could be fibers in the car. It could be anything in the car, whatever it may be. And he destroys the car, burns it, lights it on fire. That's suspicious. It is suspicious, but I think that you're kind of insinuating that the, the case breaker was in the phone. And in my theory is that nothing actually happened. Uh, I understand. I'm just saying then why destroy it? If nothing actually happened, then why? Like that's that's kind of my point. If If – as a kid who's unfortunately committed crimes, <laughs> um, I if I'm doing something wrong, I'm, I'm trying to hide it and cover it up. If I'm not doing anything, I don't care. Here you go. Look, go ahead. Well, and I think that he said to them, what do you want off of my phone? I, will I get want it for your you. phone. That's what I want. Give right. me the and phone. I, I'm and I think, why do you want the phone? Yeah, I understand. Like, I get it. I mean, we're going in circles here. Right, right. Just saying. Yeah. And, and that's my thing. It's like he's offered to give them everything. There was nothing that Tom Brady at no point refused to give them any information except for the yeah. phone itself. But but exactly because if you say, hey, let me get all the text, I could send you all the text up to a point. And you'd you can never get it from the provider, that. though. The provider can provide all that information. Mm, yeah, I guess you're right. But and, that'll, 
And not only that, but like I said, whose text do you want? My text with the ball boy? You have his text. You see all my responses there. You see yeah, everything that he said. Things can be deleted from his end and things like that. Sure. But the classic example is what was released from the ball boy's text, calling each other Dorito Dick, right? I mean, uh, all kinds of stuff that wasn't relevant to the case was released to the public, you know? And, well, and not, and yeah. not because they were releasing the strain. They were just saying, hey, this was kind of funny. Let's release this to the public. <laughs> I mean, it you is know? kind of funny. And, and so Tom Brady, who's the poster boy for perfection in a way, you know, you're going to take his phone. I guarantee you, you know what they wanted his phone for was to find some sort of dirt, even if it wasn't related to the case. Hmm. I, I don't I don't think so. Okay. Uh, did you see his aged photos? I did not. They went through his his team photo from when he first started to when he began. That boy was so ugly from 2000 to 2009. Boy, he was ugly. <laughs> like ugly, ugly. I don't know. I don't know how he like snapped a finger and became hot. It's wild. I just got more of a chiseled face because he started dieting and stuff. Yeah, I guess he. Boy, that man was ugly. He was very doughy, I think, early on. Yeah, very doughy. Um, so one of the stories that came out was Teron Matthew had tweeted after the game because we all saw the little skirmish that him and Brady got into. I think in the third quarter or something like that. They were getting each or right before halftime, maybe. Yeah, They're, they were getting right in each other's faces. Yeah. yeah, and. Teron Matthew came out and said, he called me something I won't repeat, but yeah, I'll let the media throw me under the bus as if I did something or said something to him. And to me, that's very cryptic. And my initial thought was this. Tom Brady did say something to him that probably stung a little bit. And he decided to put this tweet out there, which is insinuating that Tom Brady said something racial. But at the same time, if it ever comes out that Tom Brady didn't, he could say, well, I never said he did. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, <clears throat> see, this sucks because it's only insinuating he said something racial because of the time we live in, I think. Um, at, at any other time, he could say, oh, he called me something that I wouldn't repeat, and it could be, you know, the P word for a female vagina mm -hmm. um, or something like that. You see, I'm getting a little G-rated here for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, are we allowed to say vagina? I guess so. I mean, it's just, you know, it's normal. It's a technical penis, term. Right? Penis and vagina. Um, so, anyway, um, I, I digress. Uh, so, he may have called him something like that. or, or so I, But, yes, in these times, you're immediately going to assume that he said something racial, which, I mean, I, I, I can't find that to be any further from the truth in my opinion there's never been a player in this world that didn't say tom brady was the, the best leader and things like that and you're not going to follow a guy who you know you might think is racist in any way so i don't know well the hilariousness of it to me is that they told reportedly they told teron matthew that tom brady was mic'd up for the game because it was a super bowl and when he found that out he deleted his tweet really that's amazing. See, so yeah, he's just throwing shade. I mean, Tyron Matthew is, you know, he's a guy who's been suspended and started his career suspended and, and moved and this great player, but he somehow can't find a home. You know what I mean? And things like that. And it's, and it's gotta be for a reason. Um, so, you know, and then on the other hand, we got Tom Brady, who's the quintessential teammate. So, you know, let's just, let's follow the breadcrumbs and see where it leads us. <laughs> I know you mentioned you wanted to discuss what is next for these two teams. And my first what is next question is really as it relates to 
Todd Bowles and Eric Bieniemy. So Eric Bieniemy was supposedly the front runner for any head coaching job he wanted this offseason. Didn't get any of them. So he's going to be going back to Kansas City as the offensive coordinator again. I don't doubt he'll get more interviews next year, but the reports out of these camps were that he just didn't interview really well. And so Todd Bowles was the head coach of the Jets, didn't do great, ended up as a defensive coordinator with the Bucks. My question for you is, should one of them get the head coaching job first? I would think Todd Bowles, honestly. He's head coaching experience. Exactly. He's had head coaching experience. He's already done it. Um, and I think somebody may be like, you know, hey, let's take a shot again, especially if we continue to play this well on defense. You know what I mean? Uh, he's he develops these defensive backs extremely well. You know, Sean Bunting, Sean Murphy Bunting, uh, Carlton Davis, uh, Jamel Dean are all playing extremely well. Obviously, Antoine Woodfield looks like a star in the making. Um, you know, these defensive backs are are firing around, and and you know, obviously with the defensive line in front seven, the playing playing the way it is, I think he's got a real good shot. Um, I, I feel like teams are afraid that Eric Bieniemy is reliant on Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to make him look good. Um, and I feel like it, it, that's shown now. The, the past two years, there's no way he shouldn't have gotten a job this year. There's just no way he shouldn't have gotten a job this year. And so there's got to be something seriously wrong with, with the interview process or, or, you know, he's not able to actually describe his offense the way he, he puts it on paper or something like that. Right, exactly. Like we said, he just interviews poorly. Like he knows what he's doing, but he has a hard time putting it into words what he's doing. Um, I don't know. It's just, I know, not to keep harping on the race card, but I know that a lot of people come out and said, well, it's because he's black. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think that he was the front runner going into the offseason and it just worked out. He interviewed for all these positions and they decided, and not one team decided to wait for him. So it makes me think that, yeah, in the interview process, something happened that teams were like, eh, we don't really like this guy. Yeah, I mean, if you don't wow somebody, then they're going to look for somebody who's available now to get started. Um, truthfully, shit, Byron Leftwich may get a job before Eric Bieniemy. Shit. Also, what's next? I was looking at the free agent list, and, whew, man, for Tampa Bay, upcoming free agents are Shaq Barrett, Levante David, Gronk, and Dominican Sue, Godwin, Fournette, Antonio Brown. I think Antonio Brown comes back on another cheap deal because I don't think anybody but Tom Brady actually likes him. And so it makes sense for him to come back on another one or two year, maybe seven, eight million dollars a year type of deal. Yeah, probably even cheaper than that, honestly. Uh, Mike Evans has already come out and said he's going to take a huge pay cut um, to keep the team together. Um, I think we'll see other vets kind of do that, honestly, on this team, because I don't think we have like a star on this team who, who feels like they're bigger or anything like that. Um, so I think we're going to be able to resign a lot. We're still we're probably going to franchise tag Shaq Barrett again, um, you know, and and kind of just we'll have to see. I don't know how happy he's going to be with it. Just coming off a Super Bowl, um, he's probably going to want a long term extension. But I mean, you know, when you're getting paid thirty five million dollars a year, thirty million dollars a year at that point, I don't know what a pass rusher is getting paid at this point. I'm actually I'm probably around nineteen. Uh, you're getting paid $19 million a year. I mean, you're not going to be upset. So I think the tough one, we, we have to resign Levante. The tough one's going to be in Damacong. Um, and then Chris Godwin. I don't know if we got enough money to bring Chris Godwin back. And, I, and again, I don't know if it's going to matter. Um, because with the way Brady functions and things like that, I don't think, you know, I think Chris Godwin's a legit number one receiver, but I don't think that it, it matters to us and well, to we, Tom Brady. And we talked about it 
that Antonio Brown is a number one receiver when he's got his head on right. And so he could easily become that number two option for Tom Brady. And we've also mentioned that Julian Edelman more than likely is going to be in Tampa next year as that slot receiver instead of Antonio Brown. So then you still have Edelman in the slot, Antonio Brown on the outside, and Mike Evans on the outside. Well, and I think Tyler Johnson is going to come along well. I think I think we like him a lot. And then I think Tom Brady loves Scotty Miller. So, you know, we'll see. I think our money should be spent elsewhere. So, you know, I, I hopefully we can address those positions. Uh, they do have $30 million in cap space. So, obviously, anybody who ne- renegotiates is going to increase that. And two guys that I saw here, uh, Donovan Smith is $14.3 million against the cap, but it's zero dead. So I'm sure that he'll want to either renegotiate or they'll figure out something with him. And then Ryan Jensen, $10 million against the cap, zero dead. Yeah, and, and both are, are pretty important to our offensive line. Uh, Donovan Smith played extremely well, you know, in the playoff run, and, and Ryan Jensen's the heart of our line. If you if you watch the game, and he's the one who led us out of the tunnel. Um, he's He's a guy who you just want because he's just so mean he's just so mean that you want him on your football team so uh hopefully they'll both you know be able to resign get a bonus you know and and push some of the cap space you know while getting that bonus as far as the chiefs are concerned they're 18 million dollars over the cap they are going to be losing Sammy Watkins, uh, Brashad Breeland, Le'Veon Bell, but not a big deal there. Daryl Williams, Demarcus Robinson. So some role players, valuable role players, but at $18 million over the cap, the thing I'm looking at right now is Teron Matthew at 19.7 against the cap, only four dead. Either he's going to have to renegotiate or I think that he's the most likely gone. See, and that'd be, I think it'd be incredibly difficult to move him because I think he's such like the, the heart and soul of that defense. But I mean, they'll, they'll find somebody to cut and move. Uh, they'll probably have to work one of those pass rushers out of there because um, they're getting paid a lot and they're not doing much. And, and I mean, along that offensive line, they got to figure something out. That team's in, in, in going to be in struggle city along that offensive line. So, I mean, you can't continue to let Patrick Mahomes get pressured on 25% or on 50% of his dropbacks. You just can't. So they got to figure that out. I wanted to ask you what your take is on Andy Reid and how good of a coach he is. I know he gets a lot of praise. He's a four-time coach of the year, but he's 17 and 14 in the playoffs. He's made it to eight conference championships, but he's three and five in those games and he's one and two in the Super Bowl. So a losing record in championship games and a losing record in the Super Bowl. He's got one Super Bowl win as a head coach. I don't know how good Andy Reid really is. I think he's great. I mean, I'd take Andy Reid over a lot of these other guys because I think he's he's won and done a lot with a lot less talent than a lot of these other guys. Like like Jimmy Johnson, who had those teams in, in Dallas. Like, I, I think Andy Reid's probably a better coach. You know what I mean? Um, I think Mike Tomlin's better, though. Like, guys like that, I think I'd take – like, I don't think Andy Reid's, like, in the top five, but I think he's in the top ten for sure. Well, that's still not – I mean, top ten currently for a guy who's been around for a while and won four Coach of the Year awards. Top ten all time? Really? Wow. Yeah, I think he's in the top ten of all time. I'd have him over over a lot of guys, honestly, if I'm being honest. Um, Like – like a lot of these dynasty teams, like, and then the coach like moves on. It's like it's tough for me to like think that like Andy Reid because Andy Reid's done it so many places too, which I commend him for. Like he's I know only, he's only been a head coach in two spots. 
No, that's true. But I mean, he's done it in both spots. Like, and well, I mean, in, in like, you know, at, at every level, like he's as an assistant, like, you know, he, he was, he performed and he was a great assistant and then he was a great head coach. And, and now he's, you know, a great, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd have him in the elite class, obviously, but I think he's great for sure. Yeah. Cause obviously he's not in the same categories like a Belichick or a Shula or Landry, right? Uh, Chuck Knoll and uh, Bill Walsh is just a genius. Uh, Now his uh, protege was George Seifert right now. eh, I don't know how you feel about him. Exactly. After you name them, like it gets tough. It's like, I like Tomlin a lot. Um, I think he's, he was great um, or is great. Um, I mean, I like Andy Reid a lot. I think I'd have him right there, probably at five or six. Parcells, well, I think I like Andy Reid more than Parcells. Wow, Sean Payton. Um, oh, so there's a bunch of guys. I mean, you can throw in there. But I just, I think he's in that Sean Payton category, I guess, where he's like he's really good, but he's not like one of the greatest. See, I don't know. I think he may be like right there. Um, I, he's he's very close to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I think I'd give it to him. I think that Super Bowl put him over the top for me. Okay. Well, that's how we feel about the Super Bowl, and that's how we feel about the events surrounding the Super Bowl. I forgot to mention that the weekend sucked. Don't need to spend a ton of time. Oh, on it. awful! He was terrible. Uh, just awful. Yeah, just I don't think we've had a good. Uh, Super Bowl halftime show and sometime even the Bruno Mars who I thought was decent when they brought Beyonce out to go with him I was like ugh she's awful um, I liked the Bruno Mars one but I agree um, I, I like I told you you wanted to do like a whole show on these and and I just man I can't I hate the halftime shows I just don't like them. I when I was going through them and kind of watching some of them I, just to remind myself and refresh my memory I was like you know Initially, we talked about a top 10, and I was like, I think I can only get five. Yeah. Once you get they to six, it's suck. crap. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, like they're rough, man. Like, and I can't even like watch them. They're so bad to me. Like, Also, yeah. I've just been sitting in the same spot watching something for three hours. Halftime, I get up. I'm gone. I got to get out of where I am. But as I mentioned, that's uh, the wrap on the show. And, uh, <laughs> uh, guys, uh, thank you so much for watching. Obviously, like and subscribe. Uh, give us some reviews. Hit us up on social media. We certainly appreciate it. And uh, other than that, you know, uh, Kenny, where are we at in the show? Huh.